abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Let's pray. Father, as we look to your word this morning, we just ask that you just guide our hearts, prepare our minds to receive what you have for us, Lord. And we just pray that you guide my thoughts as I preach this morning and just pray that so things I would say. Sharing the 
gospel and other people are getting saved and that's the fruit of our labors. And that's one aspect of it, but this is another aspect which is very important is the fruit that we produce within ourselves spiritually. Spiritual fruit is God working in us and producing these character traits in our lives. And without that, how effective are we going to be in sharing the gospel? When the world looks at us and we don't have these character traits that we describe as the fruit of the Spirit, can we be effective? When the world looks at us and sees miserable, angry, backstabbing people that gossip and talk about each other, we can't even, among Christian churches, can't even get along with one another. How effective are we? We're not. That's, we need the fruit of the Spirit. We need this fruit before we can produce other kinds of fruit of souls being saved. And so we need to abide in Christ. We need to center our lives on him so that he is feeding us so that we can then produce the fruit. Verse 22 again says, but the fruit of the Spirit is first love, but the second thing listed is joy. And I don't know, I've been at, uh, moved around a lot when I was a, a child, not tons, but I've been to a number of different churches growing up. Um, Jen and I have been to a bunch of different churches since we've been married as well. And when you go to churches and you look around at the people, the second word here, our topic this morning of joy, do you see joy? when you walk into a church. And I, I have to say that the majority of churches that I've been to, that is not the descriptive word that comes to mind when I look at the people. That's what's supposed to define us. That's supposed to be what makes Christians different from the world, is the joy that we have in our hearts regardless of our circumstances in life. There should be joy. And I've met Christians um, that you can see that joy. And it's just talk about the light. And that joy that is in that person, regardless of the problems in their life, there's just a joy in their salvation, in the relationship with God that just shines through regardless. I was reading a guy describing Seminary, his fourth year of seminary, was it was a hospital placement that he was at in a chaplaincy. And he was in this ward where people are dying from whatever various diseases, but he saw nothing but death on a day-to-day -day basis. He was dealing with people at the last moments of their life. He says, "What we would do to get through that." going on in life when you have a newborn baby. 
describes something else. He says, there was this newborn baby who, I don't know what was wrong with the baby, but it was on life support. And this baby has got hoses and tubes sticking out of it everywhere and all taped up and strapped down so that it can't rip everything out. And the dad's there, just filled with joy. And he says, just thankful for every moment that got to spend with that child. He wasn't worried, he wasn't angry at God about the, the problem that the child had. He was just filled with joy of having the blessing of being spent these few days with that child's life together. And, you know, that's a joy. It doesn't come from our circumstances. It doesn't come from the things that are going on in life. It's just a joy that's from inside. And that's the kind of joy that God wants for us. That's what God is looking for flowing out of us. And that's the kind of joy that we have when Christ is our vine, when we are the branch and he's what's feeding us. So we can have true joy regardless of the circumstance in our life. If you want to look with me, I'll go to Acts chapter 16. In Acts chapter 16, Paul is on one of his missionary journeys, and he's in Philippi. And while he's there, and he's starting a church there, but during his ministry there, he has cast a devil out of this young girl who had a spirit of divination. She was a fortune teller. And she was good at it. Because she had a spirit in her that helped her with that job. And the people that she worked for were making good money off of her. And when they cast out that devil, she lost that ability. And verse 19 says, and when the masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone. They caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Verse 25 says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Is that your response after getting beaten stripped naked, locked into the inner chambers of the dungeon in the prison with your feet in the stocks. They prayed and sang praises unto God. There's a joy inside of Paul and Silas that wasn't dependent on their circumstances. They just knew Christ died for their sins. I'm saved because of what Christ did for me. And it's a privilege for me to be able to bring that message to other people. And that's, they're just 
they did a study on music. And there, the response written here says, isn't it interesting how hearing a particular song can br bring back a special memory or make you feel happy or calm or pumped up even. <coughs> People are born, this is their study. People are born with the ability to tell the difference between music Brains actually have different pathways for processing different parts of music, including pitch, melody, rhythm, and tempo. Fast music can actually increase your heart rate, breathing, and blood pressure, while slower music tends to have the opposite effect. While the effects of music on people are not fully understood, studies have shown that when you hear music to your liking, the brain actually releases a chemical called dopamine that has a positive effect on your mood. Music can make us feel strong emotions, such as joy, sadness, and fear. Some will agree that it has the power to move us. According to some researchers, music may even have the power to improve our health and well-being. It says, though more studies are needed to confirm the potential health benefit music, some studies suggest that listening to music can have the following 10 positive effects on the health. First is it improves mood. Studies show that listening to music can benefit overall well-being, help regulate emotions, and create happiness and relaxation in everyday life. It reduces stress. Listening to relaxing music is generally considered to have a slow tempo, low pitch, and no lyrics has been shown to reduce stress and anxiety in healthy people and in people undergoing medical procedures, including surgery and dental work. Some of you need maybe some of that music when you're getting dental work. Lessons anxiety, number three. Says in studies of people with cancer listening to music, combined with standard care, reduced anxiety compared to those who received standard care alone. Number four improves exercise. Studies suggest that music can enhance aerobic exercise, boost mental and physical stimulation, and increase overall performance. Can you imagine watching someone figure skating without music as their background? <laughs> right? There's, there's certain things with music and sport that just go together. Number five, it improves memory. Research has shown that the repetitive elements of rhythm and melody help our brains form patterns that enhance memory. In the study of stroke survivors, listening to music helped them experience more verbal memory, less confusion, and better focused attention. And we once met a missionary couple, and their main ministry was putting scripture to music. And they had memorized sections of their Bible by putting the scriptures to music. I mentioned um, one of the recent weeks during our Bible study, as, we're, as I'm reading various passages of scripture, if that passage is part of a song that I know, I cannot read it without singing the song. <laughs> and 
Thank you. 
said this, but uh, says happiness is primarily a carnal manifestation. It's based on happenings. Happenings lead to happiness. So when someone gives you a new car, you're happy. When someone comes along and cheats that car, <laughs> you're no longer happy. Right? The happiness can get taken away in an instant when the thing is taken away or damaged. Our joy that's inside, real joy, doesn't get taken away by things that happen around us. Real joy comes from inside. It's a deeper thing. It's not dependent on things that happen around us.
says, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord, all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods and the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice, and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful, and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice. Before the Lord he cometh, before he cometh to judge the earth, he shall judge the world with righteousness. This psalm tells us, it commands us to sing unto the Lord. And following that command, he goes on and gives some justification as to why we should do that. It says, for the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him, strength and beauty. Give unto the Lord, for ye kindreds of people, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. When we can praise God from an honest heart of gratefulness, of seeing him for who he is, when we sing praises to God, glorifying him, says, sing unto the Lord, bless his name, show forth his salvation from day to day, declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. When we can do those things, when we glorify God and praise him and sing praises to him, honoring God, that's what's going to change my heart. That's what's going to give me joy inside is recognizing God for who he is. And I will receive joy as a result of these things. I'll receive the other parts of the fruit of the Spirit as well. But for this morning, we talked about joy. 
this song is about singing. It says, sing unto the Lord a new song. And some Christians are get very hung up on what music it is that we sing. We need to sing the old hymns. The old hymns are the better music. New, new music is, is lacking, right? It doesn't have the same depth and the same love. It says, sing unto the Lord a new song. It doesn't mean don't sing the old songs. We're supposed to still sing the old songs. There's nothing wrong with the old hymns. But when those old hymns were written, Saying when the book, the hymns in our hymn book were written, I wonder what the churches sang prior to that. I wonder what their attitude was towards the new hymns that were being written at that time. Did they think they weren't just doing what they used to sing? They might have. But he says, Sing unto the Lord a new song. I can't remember where the passage is at the moment. talks about, oh, the very, very last verse in the book of John. Maybe I'll just read it so I'm not trying to try and quote it poorly. John 21, verse 25, it says, There are also many other things which Jesus did, which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books the books that could be written just about Jesus' life, his ministry. There's so much more about God than just that three years. And the world can't contain just the part about Jesus. It's endless. The songs that could be written about glorifying God giving praise to God. We can continue writing new songs for all eternity and we'll never wear it out. So we can sing a new song. We can write new songs that are full of scripture, full of truth and full of praise. And God's glorified in those things. So sing unto the Lord all the earth, everybody, God, that's for all of us. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name, show forth his salvation from day to day. And I think one of the criticisms of modern music, of like Bethel music and, and that kind of stuff, it's very me-oriented. This is telling us it's we're supposed to be God-oriented in our, in our singing. It's all about singing his praise, his salvation. It's not my salvation. It's his. He's the one that did it. I just got recipient of it. But God, it's his salvation. Jesus is the one that sacrificed himself for my sins. I can have salvation. I can have forgiveness. And it's so simple. I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is trust, believe that what I read about him 
the responsibility. I have some obedience, obedience obeying to do. But the weight of the sin, the, the burden of that is gone. I can give that to God. Jesus is my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He's willing to take all the weight of our problems on him and we can take his with it. But he starts writing and verse 4, he starts just here's why he said, here's why we do this. It's, well, the Lord is great and greatly to be, and he just carries on and starts writing, praising God in his writing. And by the time we get to the end of the chapter, he says, let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea roar, and the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful, and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice. If people don't do it, the rest of creation is going to. And remember when Jesus is coming into Jerusalem the Sunday before his crucifixion, and we call this Palm Sunday, and Jesus is his disciples. He sends them because they hit this donkey that's never been ridden. And they put their coats on the donkey and Jesus gets on it. And they leave the donkey and carrying Jesus into Jerusalem. And the people gather around and they worship him. They're putting the palm branches, which is why we get it Palm Sunday, on the ground before him, honoring him, praising him, glorifying him as their worshiping him. And the Pharisees go to Jesus and tell him to rebuke those people. Tell them to stop saying these things. How dare they say these things about you? And Jesus responds, because if they stop, those rocks will cry out. And this is what the psalmist is saying. If we don't sing praises to God, heavens, let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea roar, let the field be joyful. The rest of creation is going to sing praises to God if he deserves it. And he is going to get praise one way or another. And we can have joy in our hearts when we sing praise. We can have our mood lifted when we sing praises to God. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for Word. Thank you for the encouragement that it can be. Thank you for the joy that we can experience in our hearts. Lord God, that the weight that Christ took from us. Will